What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. If there's one thing I could tell you guys about starting this podcast, aside from like the education and the getting people's stories out here, it has been so much fun to reconnect with people from way back in my life. Today's story is one of my childhood friends that I have not seen for years and she just happened to be in town this weekend and so we thought why not let's sit down record and we found ourselves talking for like an hour and a half and laughing about all of the different things that life and motherhood have just brought into our life and so I hope you love her story she went through some crazy things trying to get pregnant and after her son was born she faced some health challenges with him that is something that you probably haven't heard about, so you'll get to learn something new. I hope you love Annie's story as much as I do. Tune in and let's get a little more educated together. my husband Zach and I tried to get pregnant for about three years it'll be four years this summer so okay yeah so three years um I was misdiagnosed with PCOS so I did all the things Clomid, Letrozole, nothing was working and so we took a little break just because fertility treatments are expensive and exhausting and I was like (laughs) oh sorry literally just just said the two just opposite the two e's expensive and exhausted (laughs) and so i just i don't know yeah i was getting really overwhelmed and Mm. everyone's so nice and is have you called the doctor i'm like do not ask me if i've called the doctor i um... (laughs) it's just i don't know when you're in it it's weird but i yes were you like open super open okay Mm -hmm. some people don't like to talk about it when Mm -hmm. they're in it and i totally get that Mm -hmm. because it can feel really lonely totally. I mean I just remember starting my period some days and just like laying in the bath and crying just because yeah you're just, you're sad. just and pregnancy and period symptoms are twins so you convince yourself you're pregnant every single month yeah I would love to know how much money I've spent on pregnancy tests but it's a lot well the dollar store helps but um so we kind of stopped for a minute and then because then you just think you're gonna get pregnant on your own but then we went to a fertility specialist so he had me do a sonohistogram which is basically flushing your tubes and I was very unprepared for the procedure I didn't really know it was gonna be happening and then when I got there they asked me if I had ibuprofen in my system and I said no thinking that I like couldn't have it or something and then they asked (laughs) (laughs) and then they're going well you'll probably want some like wait is it gonna hurt because I 
am not prepared for this. So I took ibuprofen and, but it did not have enough time to be working because <laughs> then they did the procedure five minutes later. Um, so basically they flush your tubes with saline. Do mm-hmm. they do dye? I don't it probably depends on what they're looking for. Okay. I don't know, though. I, I think maybe there was dye. Okay. But, so they did that. There were no blockages, which was great. But he, the doctor thought I had endometriosis. So he referred me to somebody else in Utah County. So I went and saw him, and he recommended surgery because, well, we met a couple times, and he said, yeah, you're ovulating, so we don't think you have PCOS, but we need to do surgery in order to diagnose endometriosis. So he said it could be a five-minute procedure. We could go in and not see anything, and then, or it could be a couple hours, depending on the damage. So... They went in, and it ended up being quite extensive. It was a couple-hour surgery, and they also removed my appendix because they said it's either ruptured or the endometriosis has, like, destroyed it. Invaded. So, yeah, they came in, had Zach sign, being like, they need to remove her appendix. He's like, okay. So, came Which home I'm with really like, one less lived thing. a ruptured appendix and didn't know. Like, right? How? Annie. <laughs> Maybe. Those period cramps has been kicking your butt for years. Ever, yes. Periods are so painful for me. Throwing up on the floor, they are incredibly uncomfortable. So I I always thought I was a wuss, but I guess – Maybe the pain was real. Maybe some people also experience it. <laughs> no, definitely I, real. More I, validated. Always thought it was just, like, so dramatic. Because I remember being, like, fun places, but not being able to participate at all. Yeah. Because I just, like, just my family was on the beach. And I was just, like, in a ball, like, throwing up. I can't. Oh I'm so gosh. uncomfortable. But, but it's always just been on my periods that it's really uncomfortable, yeah. not, like, leading up to it or anything. Okay. So, so how long were you diagnosed with PCOS before they decided that it might not be that? Two years, so like a year time. and a half. Yeah, like wow. they okay. really thought it was. So we did Clomid for three months, Letrozole for three months, because then they always freak you out with, like you don't want to be on it too long yeah. and stuff. So we just tried it, and I ovulated every time with it, except one time, which was interesting. Mm. Um, so that was really heartbreaking when that didn't work. Yeah. But, so then that's kind of when we took a little break just because okay. I I'm sure it was needed some time. Yeah, yeah like, it was. This has been a lot. We've mm-hmm. been trying this for a while and nothing's working. And yeah, and I, I mean, we didn't do IVF and so it wasn't like I didn't have tons of hormones or anything like that in me. But just like the mental exhaustion. Totally. Just, I don't know. I honestly kind of just started looking at like different paths maybe for us because I I never doubted that we wouldn't like have a family but I was like maybe I'm not gonna yeah you're like maybe this isn't my thing. yeah give birth and mm-hmm. I had like be kind of become okay with it okay. I was sad but I knew that we would have kids some way but okay. I don't know if that makes sense yes totally. but I guess I was just trying to like prepare myself for I don't know IVF just felt like I don't know. At the time, it just felt so expensive that it just felt like, I don't even know when we'll even be able to do this just yeah. because. Well, you and your husband were, like, Poor college school? students, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, in yeah. school, if not, like, barely graduated. 
Oh, yeah. So and, poor. Like, you just bought a house. Yes. Like, you're like, every cent we own is elsewhere. Yeah. We don't have any money to just, yeah. like, put anywhere else. Yeah. So, so after the surgery, I actually, so they told me six months after you need to get pregnant or you, like, need to start IVF because the endometriosis will start to grow back. So it kind of felt pressury, like, timeline. And then the fertility Ooh. specialist that we had seen, he said, you need to, like, we should just start IVF, like, in two months if you don't get pregnant. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, so much, and we're trying to move. And yeah. so I didn't end up doing that. It just didn't feel good for us. And so we went and just kind of started doing our own thing and just hoping that we would get pregnant and then we had bought a house that month and my husband started a new job and we had just moved out of state to Idaho and then I found out I was pregnant and it was like the shock of my life which sounds so silly because we'd been trying for so long but I just to have been trying and then all of a sudden like be pregnant yeah wait what (laughs) it was like I remember just shaking in the bathroom I was alone and then I went down, like, I ran downstairs to Zach and woke him up out of a dead sleep. And he goes, what? I was like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, well, how many tests did you take? I was like, well, just one. This is all I had. And he's like, I think you need more. You should, me in my nightgown, booking it through Walmart, like, running yes. so fast, grabbed prenatals and, um, like, five tests. I wanted the ones that said, like, pregnant on them. yes. yes. And they were all positive, and then I just carried around pregnancy tests literally in this bag for months. <laughs> like, I would just look at it and be like, this Wait, is so, so cute. Oh, my god! But gosh. the digital ones go away after a yeah, while, which do. I didn't know, and I was sad. Sad. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, what am I supposed to do with a pregnancy test? That feels gross, too. But <laughs> I know when you think about it, you're like, I'm like it did have this. the cap on it, so <laughs> it felt more safe, like, sanitary, but... So, found out we were pregnant, then found, um, I decided to go to a midwife. Well, there were two midwives that I, they both traded off seeing me. So, then when I went into labor, just, you would just see who was on call. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of how they yeah. did it. I which, feel like a lot of practices operate that way, just so that, like, you get to know both. Which I really providers. liked. Yeah. Yes. And midwives I really liked. so good that way. Yeah. And I really liked both of them in, like, really different ways and the midwife that delivered henry she just ended up being exactly who we needed yeah it was so great um so then the pregnancy went really smooth i was really sick until about 17 weeks i thought i thought it was my forever yeah i was going i just can't believe that i just the whole time i was like how do people have more than one child because i cannot do a darn thing And I was trying to work full-time, and so it just felt like I was just surviving, basically. But the pregnancy went really smooth. We decided to not find out the gender, which everyone has very, like, different (laughs) thoughts on. But it was was really exciting. stoked or My mom was super for it. Okay. Um, But Zach kind of didn't love it. He was for it because I really wanted to do it, Mm -hmm. but he really wanted to know know. yeah so when we did the anatomy scan she made us look away 
He's like trying to sneak. I was like, look in my eyes. (laughs) Do not look at that screen. Also, I don't think I would ever be able to know anything. They're like, this is its arm. I'm like, oh, I thought that was something else. I don't even know. So those scans are so hard to know what you're looking at. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you know how they do the 3D scans? Yeah. Like our like you can see like sound. Yeah. Zach saw a picture. Was like, we are not doing that. Because some of them are kind of like. They're, like, either they're in a really good position and it looks so good, or it doesn't Or really they're just, like, look... squashed. Yeah. I'm like, mm. oh. Yeah. So, we we didn't do that. I think it would have been fun to do one, but we didn't I, do that. I've never done one, actually. Yeah. But I'd be curious. Cute. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, when people, like, wow, that's their face right there. Yeah. Um, so, we didn't really have any hiccups along the way, which nice. felt really lucky. Yeah. I know that's not the case for a lot of people, so... Um, but then I, you know, what, 38, 37 weeks, started drinking that rose oh, the leaf, raspberry, tea. raspberry leaf tea <laughs> that tastes like you grab some leaves that have fallen off a tree and yeah, put them in water. Not good. <laughs> not good. But better believe I was chugging that. Dates, pineapple, stairs, everything. Anything my midwife was like, yeah, you can do that. She was like, do not do castor oil. I was She's like, say, I do not know why people do that. She's like, you will not feel good. Yeah, and I was like, all it does is okay. make you feel sick and give you diarrhea. Yeah, that's what she said. She was like, you will regret and it then immediately. everyone who is delivering you has big reg- regrets for you because they're like, you know what? I didn't Ooh. need diarrhea all over, and now I have diarrhea. That's all so over. yuck. There wasn't oh uh, what oil? Oh, prim, primrose prim oil. oil. Mm. Shoved it. Up in there, didn't take it orally, which she said to do, which is kind of weird. But yeah. it was like anything to yeah. you're like anything help move to get things along. So yeah, you were feeling like ready at 37. Yeah, I was starting to get like really anxious. Which you're like very petite anyway, so I bet like your belly was just. It's like I had like a basketball shoved yeah. up in yeah. my shirt, <laughs> Probably so cute. kind of thing, and just couldn't like sleeping was just so uncomfy. I was like, the worst. not that I thought what was I thinking like sleeping was gonna I was just gonna sleep so much when I had a baby <laughs> but I just think you just kind of start to get I just was starting to get anxious mm-hmm. I think and I hadn't been really anxious through my I'm kind of like an anxious person by nature I'm sure you know <laughs> and so um I hadn't really been anxious during my pregnancy but 37 weeks I was like okay I just endured January the longest month of the entire year and so his due date was February nineteenth, and we had him February thirteenth. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So I woke up. It was a Sunday morning, and kind of felt like period cramps. And I was like, "Ooh, this maybe these are Braxton Hicks, whatever." And it was four thirty in the morning, so I just kind of walked around, but I couldn't really sleep them off. I mm-hmm. thought maybe if I went to sleep, they'd just go away, but I couldn't really sleep them off. So then. I, like, went downstairs and ate a bowl of oatmeal, um, and then just kind of started to get, like, more, and I was like, oh, my gosh, is this, this is the labor? Real deal, so I texted my friend, and she, I was like, is this what labor feels like? And she's like, well, I've been induced with all my babies, but <laughs> like, so I'm not sure she goes, call the on-call person, but I was like, what do I say? <laughs> she goes, tell them you think you're in labor. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> so... I, that's amazing yeah um, <laughs> my anxious personality well, what do I say on the phone yeah, like I need like a good plan <laughs> <laughs> can you text me what I should say no um so I called them and she said take a bath and if see if they go away, go away. and if 
they don't because they kind of were like five minutes apart you know and not lasting yeah, more than mild. 20 seconds yeah okay. she's like take a bath see if they go away if if not they're probably just braxton hicks if they continue and progress to get stronger it's probably labor it's like okay so i woke up zach at this point and it was probably seven in the morning okay. and i was like i think i'm in labor but no big deal just go back to sleep and he's like how I go back to am i now. supposed to go back to sleep with that information <laughs> i don't know what i was thinking but i was Thinking super I calm yeah i just said well i just want you to be aware um and so i took a bath and they were not going away and kind of becoming more regular so i was getting really excited because i had really wanted to go into labor on my own i mean obviously i think anybody most people would if they could have yeah. it that I way mean, lots of people but have maybe preferences yeah but... i guess yeah please delete that out <laughs> no no but like it's good to recognize yeah like, like hey someone can be a and that's great but yes like, for you like was that was like what was really to important to me own. yeah okay and so i went into labor on my own basically which was happening so that was exciting and so i showered and I think I, like, did my hair and makeup because I was like, well, I probably won't shower Props for a while. <laughs> I don't know why I was trying to do that. I'm just feeling giddy, um, trying to get ready. And then answered some work emails. And my husband was like, <laughs> what are you doing? But then they were kind of getting painful. And I was like, can you just type this out really fast? He's like, oh, he's my like, gosh, Annie. You shouldn't be working. Yeah, he's You're like, it's labor. fine. <laughs> but I just felt like because it was happening earlier than I anticipated, like crap i was like oh i just need to say i'm going into labor my boss was so cute she was like please stop emailing me (laughs) um then we i was really nervous that the hospital was gonna say go home like i don't know why i did not want that to happen to me i just was like no i don't want to get there and them tell me to go away so i kind of waited for a while so then around 10.30, we went in okay. to – sorry, you probably don't need times. People no, are like, what no, is your timeline? because, like, it shows, one, that, like, everyone's labor progresses differently. Because, like, when you got to the hospital, did they do a cervical check? Yeah, they did. They asked if they could do one. It's like, yeah. And I had been at a two or a three, like, okay, a couple weeks before. I mean, I got stoked when they told me I was at a two, but then I just stayed at a two forever. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, that was anticlimactic. But um, my midwives made me feel good that I was at a two, so then I thought something was going to happen, but it didn't. But it was fine. Um, Then they – so they checked me, and I was at a three, I think. And so then they had me – they said, because I had said I wanted, to, I took a birth plan, and they told me that I had said I wanted to labor in the tub, because they had these huge jetted tubs, Amazing. and so took a bath before my midwife got there, and then she checked me again, probably an hour later, maybe 45 minutes, and I was at a four. Okay. So then I really wanted to labor as far as I could until I, because I, I knew I'd probably have an epidural, but I just wanted to be able to ask for it. Totally. So I labored until I was at a seven. Which and is then, amazing. Which was, well, thanks. It, no, I for real, really. Like seven, eight is like transition. And like from eight to 10 is usually really quick, but by far like the most painful part of labor. 
and people who get to like a seven it's like you're there you know what I mean like see I wonder too part of me is like I wonder how fast it would have happened if I would have just not had an epidural because the epidural slowed things down oh really a lot yeah which was fine like I knew that was yeah probably gonna happen Mm -hmm. um but it just felt like they were coming so quickly so fast but I did a lot of I didn't want to labor in the bed. I don't know if people are weird about that. I was like, do not strap me to that bed because I can't think of anything more uncomfortable than not being able to move, being in pain. Yeah. So I did, I did like a lot of it standing and counter pressure is literally amazing. The saving grace. (laughs) So amazing. My midwives and my husband would trade off because they were pushing so hard, but it felt... Like, it just relieved so much. Where did you feel like the pressure was most effective, like the counter pressure? Did like, on my on hips. hips? Mm-hmm. Because okay. you can do it, like, on the back of your hips, like, on the front of your knees. Oh. Like, pushing under your kneecap can help. Oh, that's like, interesting. Like, like, a bunch of different spots. Yeah, they just did my hips, and I really liked it. Um, but, and I was quite... Not, like, screaming vocal, but, like, really deep breathing mm-hmm. out loud. And now, looking at the videos, they're, like, funny because oh. my husband's like, you sound like a cow. <laughs> like, I know. I know. I know. I look at, like, we didn't even take any videos of Ralph's birth, but I literally, like, vividly remember. I'm like, oh, I was I was growling like an animal. <laughs> like, straight up. And it was like, I didn't feel like I was, like, <laughs> screaming, but it was just, like, deep breathing into my contractions you know and yeah just like I sound like a farm animal that's great <laughs> but I felt like super in the zone like, yes, like so this is what was helping me get through them because I mean they were coming fast yeah. and there was no yeah, break like probably every two minutes and they're lasting mm-hmm. like at least 45 seconds so you're getting like 45 second break maybe you know right and I, we were like trying to have a conversation and then I'd be like hold on <laughs> You're like, like counter pressure now. I can't talk. It's like me just trying to like speed talk words. I'm like, why am I even trying to have a conversation here? Um, but so then I got the epidural, which I really liked in the end, but did not love at the beginning. It made me feel so weird. I well, I told the nurse anesthetist, I was like, I feel like I'm high. And he's like, Well, you kind of are. He said, taking away that much pain so fast, he's like, Your body's still like producing what it needs to to deal with the pain. So, yeah, you essentially are high and the medication, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I just was so numb and I just, I did not like the way I felt. But I was able to fall asleep. I thought it was like really a short nap, but Zach claims it was longer. But. Which was good. I'm glad that I was able to fall asleep, yeah, but it did slow things down. Because I got the epidural probably around noon okay. when I was at a seven. And so he, the, well, and did you know, well, you, uh, you knew this. I didn't know that the epidurals like work with gravity. Mm-hmm. So they would turn me on so my side, on side and then like... it would get super numb and then they would turn me on my other <laughs> side. I was like, whoa, this is so crazy. I had no idea this is how it worked yeah but he lowered the dose a lot because I'm kind of sensitive to medication and so (laughs) 
I told Anna that I one time took an Excedrin and I thought I was going to have a heart attack or an anxiety attack all at once because I was so jittery and like that's so ridiculous because it's isn't it just caffeine like yeah I'm just pretty sensitive to medications and so I did not like the way it made me feel so they lowered it a lot and so I was able to when it was time to push I was actually able to lift my legs on my own and hold them and push and I was able to push on like my right side my left side and then kind of in the middle just on my back and I actually ended up really liking pushing on my back I thought I wasn't going to Mm -hmm. because I thought it sounded uncomfortable so we were planning on like different positions like on my hands and knees I thought was kind of what we would do but it ended up working out great. Um, they had to teach me how to push for literally ever. They, <laughs> Which I already told you, but, like, very normal for a first-time mom to well, not know how to do it. I could <laughs> not hold my breath. They kept saying, don't let go of your breath until we get to 10. I'm like, so you'll tell me when to release? Like, yes, at 10, you blow out. So I'd hold my breath, and then I'd release it straight away. But, like, no, no, no. So, like, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> I really loved the environment, though, like, of the birth. Like, we just kind of felt like we were having, like, a really good, good time. Yeah. I don't know if that's how it is I for people. I feel like it people, probably depends but, on the patient and yeah. the nurse and just, like, if yeah. you love your provider. You know, yeah. Which... I think it was more, yeah, my midwife. I yes. literally love her so much. She moved. And my husband's like, so do we have to like, we go to Colorado <laughs> to have our next baby? I'm like, probably. <laughs> probably we do. Um, but, like, all jokes aside, that really is such a gift to have, like, Yes. A doctor that, like, you know validates what you want for your birth and, like, is there for you to be your advocate and, like, do everything they can to make sure that you have the most successful, like, birth that you envision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because a lot of doctors, given, you know, midwives do operate differently than OBGYNs, but, like, it can become kind of the provider's game. Totally. And so totally. to have, like, had someone really make it your birth, really special yeah it was and I think that's why I loved birth so much because I felt like I was in a really safe space with the people that I wanted and needed there and my providers were giving that to me which I I was really grateful for because I know yeah that's definitely not the case for everybody so I feel really lucky that they that you found one on your first baby yes (laughs) I know because well I heard that you changed yeah I switched doctors like four times and I love my and oh, I actually that's so really great. loved the doctor that I delivered with Lou, hmm. but it just, like, I de- developed more preferences of mm-hmm. what I learned and, like, working in labor and delivery and just, like, oh, being a part sure. of lots of different births. I was like, oh, wait, I didn't even know you could do that. Or, like, you know what I mean? I just had a lot of preferences that ended up leading me to a different doctor that matched way more with the things I valued, you know? Yeah, well, I'm and so glad you found yeah, someone. Yeah, no, it seriously was such a process. I was going to say, that's kind of stressful to, like, find oh, new doctors. I literally, <laughs> I was, like, 26 weeks when I finally found my doctor. I was, like, I'm a late transfer. I'm really sorry. Like, I have been receiving prenatal care, but. <laughs> but like, I need to see crazy. you. <laughs> that's so great. Anyway. Um. Yeah, sorry. Um. So then pushed for probably an hour, but. When people used to say, like, I've been in labor for 24 hours, I used to think you were, like, in labor (laughs) for 24 hours. I'm like, whoa, I will never survive. But the hour pushing really went by fast. But 
one of my friends, she's like, three pushes, they're out. I'm like, well, that was certainly not the case. But they asked me if I wanted to, like, see the mirror. And I was like, yeah, that would be so cool. And then I was pushing. I was like, wait, what is that? She's like, that's your vagina. And I was like, take it away. Get that out of here. I did not know it looked like that inside. No, no. <laughs> like, what? Like, I never can see I was that again. Like, Whoa, absolutely not. She's like, okay, we'll just move that right out of the way. I was like, yeah, I could that's not amazing. stop staring at it. Couldn't even focus on anything else. My husband. Yeah, no, I was just like, absolutely not. Get that away. I thought it was going to be like so cool to watch. It was. No. no, did not like that at all. Um, but so then he, I could feel him like right there. So it was exciting to feel him coming out. And so my husband actually was the one that delivered him, which was really exciting. So and awesome. he told us the whole room. He kind of, it took him a second to say like, it's a boy. Because I think he was so overwhelmed with having He's just like, like just pull, pulled him out. Yeah. And so, um, but, so that was really special, and they put him right on my chest, and it was really sweet, but he kind of had, like, a cone head, I mean, just from, like, being stuck in the birth canal, on, we have a video of me being like, oh, he kind of has a cone head, the nurse is like, it's okay, it'll go down, <laughs> just so worried about him already, oh my gosh, like, that is not our worry here. motherhood and yeah. word, literally. <laughs> uh, everything, I'm like, what is this? Um... So, then they started to stitch me up, which made me incredibly uncomfortable. Like, I was just really anxious and could feel the tugging. Pumped the epidural again, because did not like the way that that yeah. was feeling. Yeah. And then, um, I kind of lost a lot of blood, so I took a bath after. They asked me if I wanted to take a bath, which I was like, yeah, that sounds really nice. So, took a bath, but then I had called the nurse in and was getting out of the bath and passed out twice <laughs> but it was so funny they didn't know zach they couldn't the nurse couldn't remember zach's name so they yelled like kyle and <laughs> then he's like me am i kyle he's like who are you talking to <laughs> but then they just took me to the whoa it's whoa. raining so hard i wonder if you can hear that yeah. if you can hear it it's just a rainstorm <laughs> um he so then they just took me to the postpartum room. Okay. And postpartum is rough. I just was not mentally prepared for that. I did not like yeah. any of it, really. There's there's a lot that I feel like, one, you're not really educated about until you're in the moment and they're like, oh, we're doing this. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And you're just not really mentally prepared for, like, all the body changes you go through in, like, 24 hours, I think. Yeah, no. And it just can be really rough. Well, like, boobs. I am very small-chested, and so all of a sudden... Oh, I bet when you're milking. To have that, oh, my... They were up to my chin. (laughs) (laughs) My mom called them porn star boobs. (laughs) Especially because you're, like, so petite anyway. They probably just look like cannels. So full. Oh, my goodness. Um, And so postpartum we went came home from the hospital and things were great he was eating really well well in the hospital i feel like the first couple of days melting down that so he was not eating and yeah. the nurses are like trying to be like it's okay I'm like no it's not like, he's gonna start <laughs> they're like they did a blood sugar for me and they're like yeah. he's fine 
So you're like, okay. Um, but they were all really. That sweet. can be stressful, though. I mean, all jokes aside, like no, it really your baby, was like doesn't latch well or like. Well, and I like didn't know to how feed. to put him you on. Know how to hold him? And it was weird. They the lactation consultants work like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then like. A random two-hour shift on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so yeah. if you have a baby on the weekend, you're just toast. Yeah. Like, no one to tell you yeah. Which what is to actually, do. That's honestly that was weird. like pretty common because to become a lactation specialist, it's like extremely difficult. You'd be surprised. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, um, we need more of these. No, it's for real. Like, I'm like, if you like breastfeeding, <laughs> go be a specialist because the world needs you. It's like, I with Lewis, I didn't see a specialist for the first like. I saw her, like, right before we went home, and I had had him latch strong the whole, like, 24 hours we were there. It's probably so painful, and, like, too. so painful. Yeah. Like, totally tore up my nipples, had no idea. And then, like, the month following that was pretty miserable trying to, like, Oh, I would make Zach. Because I was so pain, like, it was so painful. Yes. Well, I'd have Zach, like, put him on, and then I'm like, are his lips right? Are yes, you? Yes. I mean, like, I needed so eight hands. Things. Yeah. Yeah, to put him on. The seven-pound baby. I need, like, so many people to <laughs> help me. true? Like, you're like, he's not holding his weight at all. Like, how do I balance his head and his body and make sure his mouth is right? And, like, yeah. well, make sure they're... my boob isn't, like, blocking his nose. So many yeah. things. But yeah. It's, that was overwhelming yeah. to me. That can totally be. And you're, like, alone in this yes. dark hospital. Your husband's asleep and you're just crying because you're like, I can't feed this baby. <laughs> really? I mean, Zach was... So helpful. So, so, so helpful. I did not change one diaper in the hospital, but I just was really unprepared for that. Also was unprepared for circumcision. We decided to circumcise Henry. Maybe he doesn't want that out for the world, but um, (laughs) I did not watch the procedure. I made Zach stay in there, but like the recovery... It was so scary to me. I refused to do anything with the diapers. I made Zach do everything. Did they put, like, the mesh binding to help with the clotting on it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it makes it look way more spooky than it actually is. Right. Like, it makes it look way more painful than it actually is for them. You know what I mean? But I will agree. I've watched both of my son's circumcisions. Oh, you're brave. It is, like. It's like the nerdy nurse in me that's like, oh, I want to watch. Well, yeah, I was like, Zach, you're a nurse. You can you can watch that and be okay, right? But, um, yeah, it's no joke. It's, no. like, an intense. I mean, then they're thing. fine. Like, oh. he didn't need anything yeah. after. Yeah, no, they're usually totally fine. But for me, I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, how do I even? Yeah, you're like, how do I even yeah. deal with At this? At one point, Zach was trying to change his diaper, like, the first time after I'm screaming, Henry screaming. Zach's like, can you be helpful? I'm like, nope, like, I, can't. I can't. I don't know what I'm supposed to do because this feels really scary. Yeah. Um, but we went home and everything was great. And we were just resting and cozy in our house because it was so snowy. But then at four weeks, Henry started to just, like, throw up all the time. And it made me, like, I just, like, didn't sit right with me the way he was throwing up. But I kept trying to tell myself that it was acid reflux. Everyone says it's acid reflux. When you Google it, my friend You're was like, going. Maybe vomiting all the time. Yeah, my, my friend was going through. My phone had so many tabs open, like so many Google searches. She was like, you need to get rid of these. I probably had like 350. She was like, Annie, this is ridiculous. I'm like, oh, I just 
click a new one every time I start something new. And she was reading them with my mom and laughing so hard because it was all baby throws up after eating. What happens when your baby just wording the same thing a hundred different ways because I was just constantly Googling. Yeah. And I just felt really sick about it and was just crying all the time because for probably a couple days I just was really emotional because I was like something is wrong like this how do babies with acid reflux how are people living like this this is ridiculous yeah Yeah, just throwing up so much every time I laid him down it didn't matter how long I held him up and then he would start to choke and better believe we bought one of those outlet monitors because I just could not sleep at all and my husband works night shift so that wasn't helpful and then I'm texting him panicked and so then he's panicked like not good so finally and I think this was like the first time we'd actually like been alone like we'd had help and then this was the first time we'd actually been alone with just us and then of course he's like like, I need someone to like tell me it's okay so he was throwing up and it started to get like projectile vomiting like I sat him up one time and it just was like across across the the room room. so I know it's so sad and he was getting so fussy all the time and he wouldn't really nurse for more than just a minute which made me really sad but I didn't really realize but like my milk was starting to go away um but I I was not thinking like it's like, like, oh, he's just not that hungry. I don't know. You're I, you... like, oh, they get more efficient as they get older. Like, he's getting enough right. in five minutes. Yeah. Which, like, valid. Some babies are, like, power nurses. Yeah, he is not. He is, like, take his sweet time, especially at night. He just wants to hang out. But so Zach really – so we thought it was acid reflux. Tried acid reflux medication. wasn't – so we found out it was pyloric stenosis. So we went in, I guess, for an ultrasound in the ER. They were like, yep, it's pyloric stenosis. So we got in the car to go home from the ER, and our doctor called us, and he was like, go home and pack your bag. There's a room at the hospital for you. So we went home, packed up, and then – and I was like, what do I pack? <laughs> I didn't know. Really, I'm like, do I take clothes for him? I don't know what I need. Um, but so we went to the hospital, and then – they started him just like on an IV. He was a little bit dehydrated. He'd been doing okay. The biggest thing with babies with pyloric stenosis, if you we caught it really early, mm-hmm. but if they don't like their electrolytes, so you, they have to like sometimes wait to have surgery for a long time because like a couple days. So because we were asking our doctor, well, how many days do you think we'll be there? It's like, I don't know. It just depends on, like, his electrolyte levels. So we were lucky that they were, Still they were, like, balanced. really normal. And so they gave him a tube to suck out everything in his stomach. And they said they were really surprised with, like, how much was in there. Mm-hmm. So he was full but hungry. But yeah, full. like starving. Yeah. It was so sad. Because pyloric stenosis is, like, at the bottom of your stomach, it, like, became too tight basically the muscle became too thick for anything to go to like the intestines Mm -hmm. so so he wasn't actually like having very much urine output or like any bowel movements okay so is that what kind of like i mean i was you were taking all these pieces and putting it together but but i was kind of freaking out because he had been pooping like 
I don't know. I feel like newborns poop yeah, like all, the all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. now that he's older, he kind of poops like once or twice a day. Yeah. It's, that's kind of his normal, but he wasn't doing it, and it was really starting to freak me out. I don't know. Have you ever done the Wendy's? Yes. They're, like, supposed to help. Yes. So we would do those, and that was, like, kind of the only way we'd get stuff, but then we weren't getting anything, anything. out, which was stressful yeah really scary Mm -hmm. so went to the hospital we had to wait that night so he couldn't eat anything and we just held a screaming baby all night long and it was so sad and yeah the poor nurses they kept coming in like i'm sorry there's nothing we can do (laughs) second i was just like oh (laughs) it's just exhausting but they it was really nice. They thought they weren't going to be able to schedule him for surgery until, like, later in the afternoon because it was on a Sunday that he needed surgery. Mm. I was like, you are kidding me. We better be the first people yeah. in the OR because he needs to eat. And because then if they had to feed him, then they would have to, like, keep doing the section. So, so he, they, he ended up being, like, the 7 a.m. surgery, which was oh, incredible. Yes, yeah. so nice. So he went down for surgery and then – he was able to eat like three hours, four hours later, wow. and they started him on like just a, like a Pedialyte just to make okay. sure yeah. that he could tolerate it, mm-hmm. and then we were able to, yeah. I was able to nurse him, wow. which I was really grateful because I had to pump in the hospital and I had never pumped before, and okay. so yeah, the that. nurses are like not, they weren't like L and D nurses and so they were like like, um let me find someone because i was like i don't know how to work this either (laughs) oh yeah there's so many parts and so much to wash every time yeah but so it was great we went home with a freezer full of milk and i was able to nurse him after so then we did have to stay another night just to watch him which i was so ready to get out of there but then we were able to go home it was and it was so amazing smooth recovery smooth recovery yep he had four little incisions yeah. or no three little incisions two on the sides and the one in his belly button okay. and they healed up really well um yeah no problems but it's interesting with pyloric stenosis so zach's dad actually had it as a baby oh no way yeah but it's common in firstborns isn't that interesting and they and i think it's like a little bit genetic but they usually say it passes down to like like skips a generation no it usually is supposed to go to the like your child so like if henry has children like his kids would probably have a higher chance of getting it but zach should have had it yeah yeah like his siblings but none of them had it so that's really interesting kind of interesting yeah so that's kind of our story in a nutshell i'm trying to think is there like a chance that he'll have issues with pyloric stenosis Mm -mm. later in life nope they don't think so the doctor that did the surgery he said that if they've been doing the same surgery for like 100 years like it's so straightforward just a slit in it and and it just kind of fixes mm -hmm. the problem yeah i guess they used to i mean before laparoscopic stuff used to do he said they used to do an inch incision Okay. And so it looks so tiny on a baby, but when you grow, that's like yeah, half your like big, half your yeah. stomach. Yeah. So they've made it small. So now they just kind of look like little dimples oh, on his belly. But yeah, I'm I feel lucky that he will. It's not like anything that should be yeah, reoccurring. Come back. 
Yeah, he like threw up the other day of me searching. Like, Can yeah. pyloric stenosis come back? <laughs> I was like, no, usually it doesn't. Like, you actually do just throw up. It's okay. <laughs> just anything, anytime he's like coughs weird. I'm like, oh, that's it. Okay. We gotta go to the pediatrician. <laughs> yes. Well, I know. I love it. Well, I guess if there was just one, like one piece of advice, one last thing you wish you could tell, like. A new mom heading into motherhood because you talked about a lot of things you talked about I know, your sorry, journey has, so much no no but like your journey was super unique in that like you had a lot of fertility stuff and then like you had like this traumatic thing with your baby that like you know a lot of people won't experience and like I don't know there's just a lot that I'm sure you've learned yes so um, much if you could just like pick one thing whatever you would share to someone that's like starting their journey of motherhood I think you need to be your biggest advocate and I just felt like I did a lot of not like deep research like I didn't do anything crazy but I just knew what I wanted and I knew that there was a possibility that things could change along the way obviously like I can't control everything and I I knew I needed to be flexible so I wasn't like married to anything but I really wanted specific things for like our birth and my pregnancy and I think that some people don't think that that's an option and I think it's really important to be able to say like no this is what we want and then also being the advocate for your child like our pediatrician wasn't living with us. He didn't know the extent of Henry throwing up. You know, he was yeah. going, okay, it sounds like acid reflux. Let's try an acid reflux medication. And, But I also think, like, a parent's intuition is super real. I did not think that that was a thing when people were like, oh, you'll know if something's wrong with your baby. I was kind of like, okay, but how do you know? But I think just the way I felt so emotional like this something is wrong this does not feel right I think is a really real thing and I think for Zach too Mm -hmm. I mean I don't think it's just moms I think dads have it as well he knew something was wrong with Henry and really pushed to be seen in our I mean obviously we had a great pediatrician who was like yeah let's if you think we need an ultrasound let's get an ultrasound but I think and I I sometimes think like the surgeon you know, he said, okay, well, tell me what's been going on. And I kind of felt nervous telling him. Because I thought they would say, like, well, that's actually not what's going on. And so I felt like I almost was like, do I have, should we make it, like, sound really dramatic? Like, what do we have to do to yeah. make sure? But I was also going, well, we have the ultrasound confirm that he has this and needs it. But just sometimes I think the way he approached us, I felt really nervous, but I was going, no, I have to advocate for my child because I know that something is not right. And so I think just being your biggest advocate, the advocate for your child, if you know something's wrong, I think usually something is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, anxiety and, like, being a first parent plays into that a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I chalk things up to being, like, not a big deal, but – or yeah being a big deal when they're not but I do think that that is real and if you 
want certain things, I think you should have them if they're available and not like so out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to hold your baby right after they're born for two hours, you you should hold your your baby. Yeah. They can weigh them in a minute. But I, I think that that's, that would be my piece of advice. Love it. Well, you guys, I hope that you absolutely loved Annie's story. We learned a little bit more about pyloric stenosis and what that looks like, but we also got to see this incredible example of what advocating for yourself and for your child's health looks like. Annie and her husband trusted their intuition, and in the end, their son Henry ended up needing surgery. They knew what was best, and they knew it deep down. So trust your intuition. Believe in it. I believe it's totally there for a reason, and you may interact with healthcare providers or other people in your life who don't share that same intuition and don't necessarily agree. But I would encourage you, when you really feel it, follow that intuition. Know that you know best and continue to educate yourself so that you can know your stuff and be your best advocate. You can be the one that brings the conversation to the table and really opens the door to those conversations and communications that lead to you being able to advocate and have you know, the health story that you hope for. So I'm so grateful for Annie for being that example to us and helping us learn a little bit more about what that looks like. If you're not already, follow along on undereducated.pod on Instagram and catch us here next week for another episode. Mm